everybody saw the ambulance pull up, wheel him in mm-hmm. on a stretcher, mm-hmm. put him on the table. And within the next hour, he's standing up walking. He actually leaves there yeah. walking. Renegade Atlas, charting God's plan for your life. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Chad Hawk. And Matt Dowd. And we are going to be continuing our conversation, part three, on faith. And we're, I want to talk about the idea of faith as an insurance policy. Mm. And I get this. So for those of you who don't know, I've mm. done about 16 years of missions work around the world in Central America and in Africa, primarily in Africa. And um, when I go to these, or used to go because I just retired from this, um, when I go to these villages, people show up and they have nothing. And I don't think we understand what that means. Yeah. When I say they have nothing, <laughs> they have the flip-flops if they happen to have flip-flops on their feet the pants that they're wearing if they're wearing pants <laughs> and the shirt on their back if they have a shirt on their back and that's what they have yeah that's it not like a home <laughs> not like a <laughs> they don't have a pillow <laughs> they don't have a pillow yeah a toothbrush they don't have a home there's no they have no toothbrush are you kidding there's a tree they actually will break branches off of and use to pick their teeth to clean their teeth it has some sort of medicinal property which helps clean their teeth. Mm. They have nothing. They have absolutely nothing. Okay? Yeah. Okay. So they've been reduced to nothing. Where is their insurance policy? So why is it that when I go, this is the question I get all the time. In fact, I was at dinner with some good friends of ours um, on Saturday night, I think it was. And the question came up, why is it when you go overseas, these people heal and they don't hear. Oh, don't hear in the States? Here in the uh-huh. States. Okay. Why didn't, and, and my response was <laughs> because they don't have an insurance policy and they look at their benefits and know if they can get the care or not. <laughs> because they only have faith in one thing, mm-hmm. that they can heal because there's no other option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell two different stories. Okay. Of people who have faith in Christ and people who don't. Okay. I've seen both heal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to tell the story of Faith Isaiah. That's his name, Faith Isaiah, Reverend Faith Isaiah. And this is a bit of a long story, but he was uh, a Muslim and his family were part of this radicalized group of Muslims in Ghana. There are not hardly any radicalized groups of Muslims in Ghana. Ghana, by vast majority, is Christian. However, there is a contingent of Muslims there, and they've lived in peace. Okay? There's never been a conflict there. Mm. Not like in Nigeria, where Boko Haram is killing people, mm. including teenage girls, for no reason, because they're Christian. That's it. Okay. Um, so the family's idea was that there's this uh, pastor in Ghana who's kind of like their version of Billy Graham. He's a big-time evangelist. He's a really good guy. He preaches God's word, you know, and just goes around to the villages and does amazing work. Mm -hmm. And their whole thing was they need to kill him. Okay. And it came up to him to do so. In fact, he was given the the ceremonial dagger that he hid in his tunic that he was wearing, Hmm. and he went to this revival and his, when they did the altar call at the end, he was going to go down front 
and kill him in front mm. of everyone. Mm. And he knew it meant his life. Okay. But during the whole service, he sat there, and he could not get the words out of his mind that this pastor was preaching. Yeah. It was. He said it was as if God was penetrating the most the this this uh, safe or this vault that he had uh-huh. about what he thought was true and was just melting it. There was nothing. He thought it was ironclad. Yeah. yeah. Nothing could penetrate it, and God was just melting it like a candle. Uh-huh. <laughs> and. Yeah. The altar call came and his heart's beating fast and he goes down front he and this pastor's going down praying for each person and he's one person away and he reaches into his tunic puts his hands on this dagger and he comes to him and the 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 pastor just puts his hands on his shoulder mm-hmm. and he just fell down weeping and crying and when he did the dagger fell out and he confessed everything, and it was this joyous moment. But see, that was also a death sentence for him mm-hmm. because his family now wanted to kill him because mm-hmm. he changed. Yeah. And he didn't follow through with what Allah was supposed to, what told him he was supposed to be. Right. So he spent the next number of years in hiding from his family, going around. And he during this time, he went, he, he was uh, being shepherded by these pastors and learned, he went to essentially seminary and became a pastor. Okay. Even though he was in hiding. Okay. And the family would try and track him down and find him. Wow. And they, one night, he was in this house, and the family had found out that he was there, and they had driven there, and they broke into the building, and he jumped out of his window, fled to this little car that he had, and I mean, it's like a three-cylinder propane engine okay. car. And he gets in, he starts to drive away. Well, the family had this these long trucks. They're they're kind of like a long flatbed truck, uh-huh. okay? And they come charging after him. Wow. And they actually force him off the road into this huge ravine, and they leave him for dead. And he's down there, and he's paralyzed. <laughs> he was down in that ravine three days with no food, no water. It's hot in Africa. You may not be aware of that. Uh, It is. I've heard. (laughs) And um, he's paralyzed. He's bleeding. You know, he's Mm. had concussions. And this girl finds him as she's just walking along the side of the road. She sees this car down there, and she knows it's never been there. So she goes down and looks, and there he is. So over the course of the next five years, um, his family thinks he's dead now. Okay. And he's gone to the Netherlands twice for spinal surgeries, trying to restore his ability to walk. But he's still completely paralyzed, and he's on his back. He can't sit up. He can't do anything, and he's in excruciating pain all the time. His foot is grossly disfigured from the accident, where his leg and feet were just mangled and broken. Mm. Um, just uh, He can still use his arms, but that's about it. Mm. And he gets wheeled. He shows up to where we're at one day in an ambulance. They take him out on the stretcher. They bring him into the table. They put him on the adjusting table. And I said, why are you here? He goes, well, I heard that you were here. And I have faith I'll be healed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And he even has CDs of his MRIs showing where they've done the surgeries, where the fractures are, everything. And he has nothing. I mean, his legs are shot. I mean, there's nothing to him. And I said, Great. Let's begin. <laughs> okay. And so I said, the first thing we'll do is pray, and then I'll only adjust you where God tells me to adjust you. 
And he goes, great, do anything you want. So I pray for him and I begin to adjust him. First adjustment, he said, here's what Faith Isaiah says. He goes, praise God, I can feel my legs. Hmm. I knew I would. And sure enough, hmm. we did test. He could now feel his legs. I did another adjustment. Again, I'm praying about what I should do, and he's expecting it to happen. Mm-hmm. And I do the next adjustment. He starts moving his legs. Like right there. In front of – there are hundreds and hundreds of people. We have video of all of this. <clears throat> hundreds and hundreds of people are in this church, and everybody's watching this. Hmm. I mean, there's probably 400 people inside. Mm-hmm watching all this happen everybody saw the ambulance pull up wheel him in Mm -hmm. on a stretcher Mm -hmm. put him on the table and within the next hour he's standing up walking he actually leaves there walking yeah i mean i was standing next to him but we walked out of there together yeah for the first time in seven years yeah and where was his faith was Hmm. he goes you know when i had surgeries i went because i was told i should go yeah. But I didn't I knew it wasn't going to change me. One day I would be healed. But God would tell me when that would be. And I heard you were here <laughs> from a nurse who had been here the day before. <laughs> she was talking to somebody else in the hospital and I heard it. Yeah. And I didn't stop pleading for them to bring me here until they did. Now that's faith. Yeah. No doubt. He waited on God. He believed. He trusted the promise. So he heard the word. He trusted the promise. And he lived that out in his life. It wasn't my faith. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't his faith. It was the faith that God gave us to do what he'd asked us to do. Say that last part again. It wasn't my faith. It wasn't his faith. It was the faith that God gave us to see through and do what he had given us to do. We had to be bold enough to act on it. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do the, we had to act, but God had to give us the faith. I had to have the faith to know I would do, that God would guide and show me what I needed to do. Sure. And he had to have the faith to be so persistent that he annoyed them to the point where they put him in an ambulance and yeah. brought him there. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it was a singular focus. Because God showed him. The moment mm. that God gave him that reality, and it's, it mm-hmm. goes back to the last episode when I said, we pray for God to close fast any opportunity we should not pursue and only open the one door that's available for us. Mm. And that level of trust and faith transforms everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it's an amazing story. I mean, that is incredible. And wait till you see it. By the way, I'm going to be – there's videos of this online. And if you want to watch it, just message me. Mm-hmm. Uh, send me an email, chat at therenegadeatlas.com, and I'll send you links to it. Yeah. Okay? You could probably post it on Yeah, we could post it to even. our page too. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. The next story I want to say hmm. is somebody who isn't a Christian. Okay. But they had great faith. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And now – so this person shows up and – um. Wow, this is a hard story to tell. Mm. Um, a really hard story. Uh, a, a man who was who worshipped idols. Uh-huh. I mean, he would make and fashion these idols and worship them. Okay. 
So we don't get what that means. Yeah, that you don't sound, understand that. Not really. No. Sounds... I mean, we see it in in some ways in our culture because we worship money, we worship the you know mm-hmm. sex or drugs or we worship these things that we create. But this guy actually took and fashioned and created. He was an animist, which is very common in Africa. Uh-huh. And so he would have he had a little altar set up on his deck or whatever you want to call this place. And he would spend hours a day in front of these mm-hmm. idols that mm-hmm. he made mm-hmm. and worship them. Like the, the, he would, did he think of those as the God or as the image of the God that he was worshiping? Yeah. Kind Images of, of the God. Images of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, representations right. of the God. But that's what he would worship. Yeah. And he would do these crazy behaviors and these uh, very peculiar mannerisms as he's doing it. And he would mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. go buy alcohol, you know, like rum or something and pour over the top. And mm-hmm. he would do all these crazy dances. And, and I would watch cause he was across the street from where I was working. Mm-hmm. This was in Winneba in Ghana. And he would do these things. And I always noticed he walked with a terrible limp, mm-hmm. terrible limp. <laughs> okay. And one day he came, uh, I, I got to talk to him a little bit, I mean, he was very bizarre, but I got to talk to him a little bit and I said, one day you should let me take care of you. <laughs> and my last day in Winneba, that trip, he walked across the street and he came over and he goes, I now believe that I will heal if you do your work. Okay. I said, I believe you will too. But the first thing I have to do is pray for you. And then he goes, well, you can't pray for me because you believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I said, well, then it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the reason why I do what I do. So if you want me to do what I do, you have to accept that. Uh-huh. I'm not saying you have to believe it. Yeah. You just have to let me do what I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so he says, that's fair because yeah. I'm tired of walking with a limp. Right. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> Compelling enough reason, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So I adjust him. The limp goes away. And he gets up off the table And he says, thank you, and walks away. Mm -hmm. Now, did did he heal because of my faith? Because that's the way the body's made to do it. Did he heal because he had faith and whatever? How did that all play out? Uh Well, here's the story two years down the road. Two years down the road, I see him again, and he runs up to me, no limp. And he goes, thank you, thank you, thank you, Dr. Chad. I said, your limp's gone. He goes, oh, the limp doesn't matter. Hmm. Because when you adjusted me, I was visited by a spirit Mm -hmm. who continually told me about who God was. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the churches around where he lives, the sound of their singing and their praise and the preaching, he couldn't escape it. It was (laughs) everywhere. And so in the churches in this town are everywhere. And he couldn't get rid of it. And it always haunted him and sought him. And he came after him. Finally, one day, I was walking, and he he said he was confronted by the Spirit. And the Spirit said to him, why do you think you're walking? Because you used to have a limp. I healed you. Mm -hmm. You're mine now. Mm -hmm. And then he went to a church and became a – he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior and destroyed his idols. And that's his story. Yeah. Beautiful. So do you have faith that you can heal? Or do you have faith in your insurance policy? Yeah. Man, 
I, I'm not going to say much. I'm just going to say for the next episode, I think we need to talk about sharing your faith and what that actually means, how one person's faith can cover another person and that type of thing. Because I think that's exactly what was happening in sort of in both of those stories, especially in the second one. Yeah. 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 Well, let's wrap this up. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I've dominated this conversation. It's fine with me. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> audience member for this show that's totally (laughs) totally fine i like it those are cool those are wow yeah so contact us yeah matt at the renegadeatlas.com chad at the renegadeatlas.com please share this with your friends and family yeah and uh renegade atlas on facebook that's right and other yeah we got more we've got more working this out we're working it out yeah Yeah. so um peace and blessings and if you guys need anything just let us know 